0: Who out there hates resolutions? Me. But who loves fresh starts? We all do. If you love a good old-fashioned clean slate, let's jumpstart our 2023 together. Beginning January 3rd, I am running my introspective and fun e-course, Fresh Starts, and it will take us through the first two weeks of January. In this course, we're going to take a look back. We're going to honestly assess our current reality. We're going to peer into our future year We're going to set ourselves up for a more whole year with some thoughts and tips on self-care. And if you're up for it, we're going to create our very own manifesto. Here's what you'll get. Access to a private Facebook group four readings, and four journaling exercises, and Q&A webcasts where I will answer your specific questions and encourage your specific hearts. I only hold this course in January, so it's now or not again until 2024, and I'm limiting this group to the first 20 women to sign up. The cost is only $39, which is the lowest I've ever offered Fresh Starts. I'll post a link in the show notes for more details and how to register. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I really believe that we have a God who doesn't just make new things, which he totally does, but who also loves making all things new. Today, we're talking about fresh starts. I've been thinking a lot about fresh starts. And how God loves it when we come back to him, no matter why we've been away or for how long. And I thought instead of just giving like a bunch of tips, I would tell a few of my Fresh Starts stories. Stories of when I was away and how I made my way back. And right away, I thought of three stories of returnings. And they seem to be the kind of thing that most women could hopefully relate to. So here we go. I have a story of coming back after a faith-shaking stretch of life and the fresh start that God gave me. I have a story of coming back after a season of unconfessed sin and the fresh start he gave me. And I have a story of stopping something I'd been called to do for a long time and the fresh start he gave me. So let's share some of these stories. Hopefully at least one of them will resonate with you and give you the encouragement to know that you are not alone and you can Always, always run to God and start fresh, no matter where you've been. Okay, the first fresh start story I want to share occurred after a period of about three months. Many, many years ago, something horrible happened to someone that I cared about, someone I knew had been attacked. And when that happened, I found myself sinking into an absolute depression This hit me possibly harder than any other evil thing that had brushed through my life up to that point. I felt a depth of sadness that was brand new for me, and mainly because of this. It was the first time in my faith walk I found myself disappointed and angry with God. At that time, I'd been a follower of Jesus for maybe about 15 years, and those feelings, I'd never felt that way about God before. But if I were to believe that God is sovereign, and we are to believe that wholeheartedly, then I had to grapple with the fact that God had the choice to stop the attack, and he didn't. And I'd never, ever felt that way before, that disconnected from the one who I thought would always protect me. I had thought up to that point that God was always loving, always faithful, always good, but I was doubting his love and faithfulness and goodness. Now, my coming back out of depression and back into trusting God came in a couple phases. The first was through a close friend. She had been sort of holding me up emotionally and spiritually during that time. And bless her heart, she pointed out a passage um, in the book of Job to me, but she used the children's version of the Bible because she said it it felt a little softer. (laughs) Um, And it kind of went like this. After everything had been stripped away and Job was violated in almost every physical and emotional way, Job said this about God. I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. Please, please. Forgive me. I had been wrong. In our pain, we can be completely honest with God. In fact, what would be the point in lying when He already knows what we're thinking and feeling anyway? However, I feel I had crossed a line. During that grieving period, I was irreverent. I wasn't just forgetful of some truths that I knew. I was irreverent. The enemy whispered things into my mind that I allowed to sway my thinking thinking that it had been built upon years and years of God's word and personal faith experiences. The enemy wanted me to doubt God's love, and he got me to. But in spite of my pain, I had to choose not to do that anymore. Life is hard. Okay, that's a cliche, so I'm going to rephrase. Life can be absolutely horrifying and heartbreaking and fragile and fatal, even to those who love God. And perhaps more pointedly, maybe even more so to those of us who love him, because we have an enemy who has come to steal and kill and destroy. So life is hard, but God is good. Life is hard and God is good. God is faithful. God is love. That is what I know. That is truth. That is what got me through that difficult time, that God is love, even when we can't see it or feel it bottom line. Okay. So six months or so had gone by the darkness hadn't fully lifted off of my life and my heart. I was like moving forward. I was choosing to no longer be irreverent in my healing, but I just wasn't me. So I went away on what would end up becoming my first of several retreats by myself. And this is what happened. And I'm just going to read you like straight out of my journal. This happened about 15 minutes after I got to the retreat center, and it's basically just this conversation that I was having with God. And let me just say, I know we have to say this, but I want to be clear. I didn't hear an audible voice booming from the clouds, but he spoke to me in my heart so clearly and so exactly what I needed to hear, and it wasn't things I could have made up or would have made up. I have no doubt that God's spirit was speaking to my spirit. Okay, I like literally wrote down the conversation. So I felt God ask me, do you believe I exist? And I said, yes, of course I do. How could I not? Look at all this beauty. This is no accident. And then he said, so what is it then? Do you think I don't love your friend and that therefore I don't love you and that I won't protect you since I didn't protect her? I responded, wow, jumping right in, are we... No, I know you love her and I know you love me, but I don't think you'll protect me. I just don't think that anymore. I think I used to think I would have an extra measure of protection because I was yours. And I felt God say, you do and you don't. There are some things I will keep you from just because you're mine, but there are some things I won't. And I said, the past six months, I've been loving only the part of you that I understood. I haven't given you all my heart because I haven't been trusting you completely. And I felt him say, there are things you won't understand and can't understand. My ways are higher than your ways. Besides, if I were completely understandable, what kind of God would I be? And I responded, so you're saying... That you're calling me to love you, trust you, obey you, and worship you, even though I can't fully understand you. And I felt him say in response, yes. And in exchange, I can promise you this. I will love you every day for the rest of your life and into eternity. I will be with you every day for the rest of your life and into eternity. And I will not stop transforming you into the likeness of Christ until the transformation is complete. And I sat there stunned and I soaked in the reality that God had just bent down to bring me healing. And as I stood up, I looked around and I saw, okay, you know, those helicopter leaves. I, I know there's a term and I really should learn the term of what kind of tree it comes from, but it's when you throw them up in the air and they go, <laughs> and they fly back down. Okay. I call them helicopter leaves. I'd only seen them single, like as singles, like little, one little half of a thing, but sitting, I mean, like all around me, there were hundreds and hundreds, but they were two stuck together. All of them were two, like one little helicopter leaf stuck to another little helicopter leaf. I picked one of them up and I said, this side will remind me to trust you for the things I understand. And this side will remind me to trust you for the things I don't. Girls, my faith has never been the same since. The darkness of doubt was lifted off of me in that moment, and I felt a gentle peace. It does not always happen this way, but it happened that time. God gave me a fresh start in that season, and I'm wondering if this could be you. Are you sad? Are you depressed? Is there a melancholy? Do you know why? Has something bad happened in your life lately? Do you need to return to the God who loves you and wants to pick you up and dust you off? Because he will if you ask him to. I want you to listen to this from Hosea 6. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. He wants to bring you healing. He wants to give you a fresh start. Okay, now onto my sin story. I hate this story, but I just think it's an important one. Um, Before I really jump in, I want to talk about how I perceive sin. I believe that because God is holy, all sin is equal in his eyes, equally wrong, equally repulsive, even though our human minds see things like murder and a white lie as different. I'm not sure that God sees it like that. But however, with all that said, I see two kinds of sin. There's the yelling at our kids, sinning in our anger kind of sin, the kind of thing where you didn't mean to do it. It's something you're trying to work on, that you hate it when you do it, that you feel utter remorse immediately, and that you try to repair right away most of the time, okay? But then there's this other kind, and it's the other kind that I want to share with you. So about 20 years ago, um, I did something not great. Um, I had, you know, was debating whether or not to say exactly what it was, but sometimes when you leave things without the details, people's imaginations can run wild. So since I believe with everything in me, that when God looks in my heart, he sees Christ and and not my past sin, um, I'm just going to lay myself out there and trust that God will soften your heart toward me in the process. Um, and he'll use it as he sees fit. Okay. So here's what happened basically. Very, very long story short, after years of arguments over money in my first marriage, my then husband and I decided um, that I should get a monthly allowance. I know, I don't want to talk about it. That's a whole other tangent. Um, It was an agreed upon amount that would cover all my regular expenses, like if I wanted to go out for dinner with a girlfriend, down to clothes and shoes for me and the kids. It actually was something we had agreed on and it actually worked for us at the time. And it was working great until I noticed that I was spending all my money before I would get my allowance, meaning I was charging everything. Then as soon as I would get my allowance, I would send that into the credit card company and then be broke for another month, but just use my credit card again. I was fine as long as I paid off my monthly balance, but you know that worked for a while. But then I got in over my head. I was too ashamed to tell anyone about it. So I just tried to take care of it on my own, but it was plaguing me. My money troubles were all I could think about until one day my generous father and stepmom sent us a check in the mail made out to me, but it was actually for us as a couple to help towards our church building campaign. Okay. So in the moments after opening that check, this is like almost immediately what crossed my mind. This is your chance to get caught up and no one has to know. And so without batting an eye, I deposited half of it into my checking account and the other half in our joint account, and then I led my then-husband to believe we had only received half of the actual amount from my dad. My money troubles were over, momentarily, but here's what happened. I became depressed. I lost physical energy. All spiritual desire for closeness with God for my ministry was gone. I was even less patient as a human being, and I was considering getting a prescription for antidepressants. I was a mess. As Beth Moore calls it, I was sin sick, though basically in complete denial about the cause. Several months went by of me holding in this secret, but then something happened. I decided at the last minute to go away with a group of girls to a women's conference before I went. I wrote my then husband a letter of confession and apology. I'm such a wuss. I put it in a letter and I hid it under his pillow, partly hoping he wouldn't find it. I also went to that conference knowing that confessing just to him, for me at least, wasn't enough. James 5.16 from the message says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you live together whole and healed. That previous year, I had been in an accountability relationship with two other women from church who both happened to be going on the trip. In between one of the sessions, I pulled them into a conference room and I confessed everything, totally crying the whole way through it. And then something divine and beautiful happened. I looked up and realized that they were crying with me. And then they prayed for me. They didn't show judgment, just grace and love. Second Corinthians two seven says, when people sin, you should forgive and comfort them so they won't give up in despair. And that is exactly what those two friends did for me. I felt such peace for the first time in months because I no longer had a secret. I couldn't be found out because I had like narked on myself. And then one of them asked me, what can we do to help you? So my knee jerk response was, I just said, you know, check in with me on how my spending is moving forward. But then she said, why don't you cut up your credit card? I immediately panicked, thinking I could never live without one. But within an hour or so, I had broken it in two and handed them the pieces. Okay, but that still wasn't the end of it, right? I had to figure a way to pay it all back. I had to work on gaining my then husband's trust. And I had to battle guilt and the nagging feeling that I was no longer worthy of ministry or anything else. I even took it a couple more steps by making amends to my pastor, who was also my boss, to my father. And at some point a few years later, when my kids were older, I shared it with my children sort of as an example of what to do when you find yourself in sin, when you've chosen a path of sin. So it was an example of confession, repentance, restitution, and authenticity. But the fresh start came. God used that time to help me experience grace and freedom like never before. I realized that that sin and all my others had been wiped away. I realized it's not my good behavior that merits me. God's love being a goody two shoes is not what does it, nor is it my bad behavior that warrants his withholding of love. He just loves me completely, bottom line. He just shows me constant, crazy, huge, furious love despite who I am and what I do and what I don't do. And I realized big time that I never again wanted to do something like that. I never again wanted to sabotage my own efforts at building the kingdom. That I never again wanted to walk around in such shame. That I never again wanted to be separated from the heart of God. For months, I didn't crawl up into my Heavenly Father's lap because I was too ashamed. And I never wanted to be that far away from Him again. Okay, so how did that story make you feel? A little uncomfortable? maybe? Are you carrying a secret inside, something you need forgiveness for right now for the first time? Or are you holding on to a past sin that you've been forgiven for but can't seem to quote unquote forgive yourself for? Girls, to deny the truth of our being forgiven, if we've truly told God we're sorry, it's to deny the work that Christ did on the cross for each one of us. So if this Story resonated with you. I want to challenge you gently to get alone with God and tell Him you're sorry and ask Him to help you work through this. And then I want you to share with a trusted friend who can offer you grace and prayer and support. Okay, now on to my story of stopping and changing something. About, gosh, 15 plus years ago, my former pastor took me out to breakfast and offered me a job at church as the director of connection, which was a fancy title for everything else that he couldn't keep doing, such as first impressions, small groups, communications, women's ministry that I was already in charge of, um, community impact, international impact, etc. I said yes tentatively and dove in. I loved that job. It was perfect because it was part time. It was fun. It was stretching. I was on staff with people I loved at a church I loved being a part of. I felt part of something bigger than me. And though, of course, there were hard things. I loved what I was doing. Then fast forward a couple years when my pastor and his wife, who were two of my best friends, told me they were moving. My life changed. My church changed. My job changed. All in that one decision. Our church went on to become adopted by a much larger local church, going from a church of about 350 to a church of over 5,000 as part of a three-campus church community. Now, I was excited at first. I gave my new job and church and bosses. Yes, bosses. I think I had four or five bosses, I gave them all a chance. But about a year into it, I went on another retreat where I reread the previous year's worth of journals, and I started to realize that I'd been sad and tired that whole year. And I didn't really have to be. So I began very timidly asking God if I could stop, if he wanted me to stop. This was... A huge deal for me. First of all, I'm not so much anymore, but in my 20s, 30s, early 40s, I was hugely a type A driven, hustling personality. I always had about 10 things to do. I'd walk around church with a post-it filled with names of people to talk to, things I had to ask them. Me thinking about quitting my job... Wasn't because like I had another job lined up. It was to stop and rest and do nothing. I mean, other than, of course, I'm still raising children and writing and speaking, um, but kind of to do nothing that I was, you know, paid for to go to a place and, you know, work for an unidentified amount of time. And that seemed almost scandalous to me as a Christian woman because we Christian women, we do. And we give and we serve and we pour out and we move fast for God, for the kingdom, for our church, for our family, for our friends, for our communities. We don't just sit. We don't just rest. We don't just heal. Or do we? We do if that's what God is calling us to do. So I asked God if really, if it would be okay if I stopped with no plans for my future and I felt him say yes. Yes. So, I stopped something I'd been doing for years, something I literally thought would be my job the rest of my adult life. And I started something new, though ironically, without knowing what the new thing would turn out to be. Listen to this from Isaiah 43 18 and 19. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. For 10 years, my life was set in stone, or so I thought. I remember wondering how God would ever be able to bring any adventures or change into my life with everything so laid out. I knew what house I was going to grow old in, what friends I would have the rest of my life, what job I'd be in until they kicked me out for not understanding the new generation anymore, what church my kids would marry off in, what passions would drive my purpose. Like I thought I knew the rest of my life When I was like 33 and then just a few years later, I lived in a different house. My friends were evolving. I had quit my job. I switched churches. I loved and served Africa for a time. I was divorced from an abusive situation. I got remarried and now my mission is to help hurting women by bringing them hope. Who am I? I'm not the girl I was 15, 20 years ago. I can tell you that right now. God completely changed my life leaving me barely recognizing myself in the middle of it all. And it's okay. It's hard and scary and unsettling to change, but God's got it all under control. So do you find yourself in a rut? Are you wondering if this all, if this is all there is? Or has God maybe upended your circumstances and you're feeling like a stranger in your own life? Honey, the only way to navigate this season is to stay close to God. He knows what's just up ahead, even though we don't. Jeremiah 33, says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. He wants to be your future creator and your future revealer. He wants to take you on adventures. He wants to give you a fresh start in the middle of the life you thought was set in stone. So do any of these stories hit you? Are you in the middle of a pain that you don't see how you're going to get through and you need to be reminded that God is the healer of all hurts and that he desperately wants to fill you with his peace? Or maybe you're finding yourself in a sin pattern that has its hooks in you and you don't feel like you can get free on your own and you need to be reminded that all you need to do is turn to him. Tell him you're sorry and ask him to help you become free. Or are you stuck? Are you doing something that you've always done just because you've always done it and you're kind of forgetting the why behind it? You can ask God for adventures, for something different, for a passion and a purpose that you can call your own. So let me ask you one question. I want you to jot this down. And ask yourself sometime in the next few days, how is your life working for you? This is a scary question. It can be a dangerous question. It will take courage to ask yourself and to answer yourself honestly. But I believe it's a life and heart changing question. How is your life working for you? Let me pray over each one of you right now. Father, you know the intricacies of the hearts of each of the women listening right now. You know if there is someone out there who is broken and banged up from the hurts of this life, who is perhaps so fragile inside, she doesn't know if she can trust anyone, including you. Please fill that woman with your unexplainable yet perfect peace and heal her hurting heart and soul. And you know, if there's someone who is entangled in sin, something that they know they shouldn't be, please nudge that woman to confess to you and to a trusted friend, and please restore her gently and completely back into unbroken relationship with you. And you know, if there is someone who is bored, who is stuck, who needs you to remind her that she has a calling and what it is. Speak to that woman and reveal your purpose for her. Give her a passion that draws her closer to you and transforms her more into the woman you created her to be. God, thank you for second, third, fourth, fifth, innumerable chances and fresh starts and that it's never too late to come back to you. You are so good to us. Amen. I will post a link in the show notes to my mini e-course Fresh Starts. If this is the kind of thing that you might want to go deeper with. And if you have any questions, anything you'd like me to tackle, you can message me through the podcast. And as always, you can share this episode, subscribe to it, give it a review, rate it, support it, all of which mean so, so much to me. Ladies, at some point in time, we will all need a fresh start. Either you've needed one in the past you're going to need one in the future, or you are desperate for one right now, please remember always that where God wants to be is as close to you as a breath. He's waiting for you to return and he will create a new thing in you. So sweet ones, all that to say, in the middle of your need for a fresh start, you are the unconditionally beloved daughter of God and he is so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.